What's up, gang? Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. We missed last week. Keen observers will note. Missed last week. I was in Chicago all last week. Didn't record. Um, by the time I got around to it, I just, it was, I was like, nope, I don't want to half-ass this episode. We'll just miss it. We'll go next week. I wanted to learn some more stuff. I wanted to get some more information in my head before I recorded. And like I said, I was just busy. And if you can't tell from my voice, um, I'm a little congested. Sinuses are all messed up. I think I'm uh, allergic to Hilton Hotels. Stayed at a Hilton property again in Chicago. The same way I stayed at in February. That messed up my sinuses. It didn't have hot water. They still haven't fixed the issue from February. What a lovely place. People might be asking why I'm still staying at that hotel. Hey, I don't pick it. I don't get to decide. And it's, I don't pay for it. So there you go. You know, it's, uh, I can't choose. Beggars can't be choosers, right? The old line, how it goes. But that's why my voice sounds a little weird. It's still annoying. I hate getting a cold. Not even a cold. So I don't really have a cough. I just have sinus issue. Like, my, I'm just all congested from this stupid fucking hotel. Um, it's annoying, though, because people still think that anytime you have any sort of congestion or anything related to a cold, they think it's COVID. So I'm still getting that. Every time I cough, I get looks now from people. Still, which is funny. So it's like, all right. So I sound a little silly, but that's where that comes from. Stupid Hilton. I don't like Hilton properties. I, I like Marriott. Again, nothing amazing about Marriott. They're they're nice. They're solid. I, I'm never really mad at a Marriott. They always they, they get it right. Hilton. There's always something wrong with the Hilton. There's always something off. The room's just not clean enough, or like the the fridge doesn't work, or the water doesn't work. There's always just something off. Like Hilton's like. Hilton's like the Olive Garden. We thought it was fancy in the 90s, but now we've just realized it's shit, right? Kind of how Hilton is. We think it's fancy, but it, it's really not. It just, it's, it's, it used to be. It used to be something fancy, and now it's something different now. It's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be, folks. Uh, let's get into it. Let's look at some notes here. Um, so... I almost was going to hold this off and record another another day later because I wanted to wait for the FOMC meeting, what Federal Open Market Committee doing their thing tomorrow. Basically, they're going to the Fed's going to announce more rate hikes. The market's pricing in a 75 basis point hike from the Fed. Fed doing everything they can to control inflation, which is not going well. And like I keep saying on this podcast where it's hey, it's not going to change until the everyone's done spending their money, until the rich people are done spending money which is going to take a minute, it's not going to slow down. Now, good news is they're starting to slow down a little bit. Rich folks are starting to, even now, rich folks are starting to look at prices and go, really, that much? That's starting to happen. There's an article on Forbes that came out um, detailing that high-end real estate has slowed down quite a bit, down 18% year over year. So that's a good sign. I know it sounds bad that that's happening, but it's a good sign. <laughs> to me that's that's saying that hey that some of these rich folks are starting to like be like hey this is a little too much for us we need to cool this cool this out a little bit so ooh, excuse me try to take a drink of water so i think that's that that's gonna help um 
that's a good sign. Also, of course, the Fed's going to keep doing what they're doing with the rate hikes. It's too little too late, but they're doing what they can. All right. Inflation is still going to be a hot item for a minute. Um, and like I keep saying week over week, to use this time as a time to take advantage of it. You know, Google was trading at its lowest valuation in 10 years. It's trading at the same valuation as the S&P 500, which most people just index fund. Most people just index the S&P 500. That's the most, that's like the safest investment strategy there is. Like people who don't want to actively invest. And I'm not even talking trading. That's a whole other thing. Day trading, obviously. But if you just want people who don't even really want to invest and just want to kind of like passively, it's like, here, I'm going to put some money index fund, S&P 500 all day. Google is now trading at that same valuation. That's crazy. Now, I know that like things have slowed down versus last year for sure. But is Google half the business that they were last year? Are they half the value? No, of course not. They are still much there. They, they posted record earnings first quarter. And now the stock is cut in half. Same with companies like Amazon. So it's like and Amazon, I think even. You know, Amazon's still a good stock, but is going to be hurt a little bit more than Google going forward just because people are a little tight on their money, supply chains, you know, shipping costs are up there. So all that, you know, with all the fuel costs and all that stuff. So even I look at that, like Google to me is a more attractive bet than Amazon. Um, and during this time, I, I've said over the last couple of weeks too, how much I like Microsoft. And so... This is an opportunity to get some of the best tech companies on the planet on the cheap because they're they don't they don't become cheap that often, and they're not going to stay cheap forever. I'm not saying that this this uh, dip is going to be quick. Um, it's probably going to last quite a while, but this is the time to be accumulating shares. And I don't have a big position in Microsoft. This is one that I want to initiate. I want to not initiate, but I want to really build a good position in Microsoft if I can during this dip because again, it just doesn't happen. You know, anchor these 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 are anchor investments for your portfolio. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google. I know Apple was one of the. Um, I know Warren Buffett was has been buying a bunch of shit in recent months, and I know he's bought quite a bit of Apple. We've talked about that. He talked. You know, bought a lot of energy companies. I don't want to buy any energy companies. I'm not trying to buy oil companies. I don't want to profit off of. I don't like. You know, I say like. You know, I talk about like, um, being ethical with where you put your investment dollar. And I'm not saying all these tech companies are super ethical, but oil companies, I don't know. It's one of those things, I, it's not, I, it's just not, to me, it's like, yeah, it could work for the next year or two, but past that, are oil companies changing the world? No, no, no. So it's just not, to me, it's not a super exciting investment. It's not uh, something I want to put my money in. I'd rather take advantage of these bigger tech companies on the cheap while I can. Things like Google. Google's doing a 20 to 1 split still coming up here. Amazon just did theirs. Now you can get that stock at like a hundred bucks, probably cheaper by the time this episode comes out because everything is flying low. Um, so, and I, I just do think Microsoft's going to be beast. You know, they're just they're always going to find ways to keep um, to stay to stay on top of it. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do with Xbox. Like the gaming stuff is really next level. So. Um, Again, I don't have a huge position in Microsoft. This is a time where I want to to get one. I, I am interested in uh, keeping an eye on Salesforce stock too. I I owned some a while ago, um, but I've been keeping an eye on that one. I was in Chicago last week. Was at the uh, connection. I was at the connections uh, 
conference for a couple of days for Salesforce. I was able to see some of the the keynote uh, speeches in there. Like saw the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, do a presentation. Saw Dwayne Wade talk about nothing important, but it was cool. It was cool to see Dwayne Wade talk about investing in in uh, some stuff. His was all about like diversity and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, and it was funny because he was talking about like owning a bunch of wineries and how like he wanted to get into owning like you know black owned wineries and like because not a lot of black people in the wine business, which is true. So kudos to him for that for trying to to uh, to invest in that area. But at the same time, the way he talked about it, it was like I saw an opportunity. It's like. No, you saw what like every rich fuck does where they're like, oh, I have a ton of money. I should invest in wine. It's like every like rock star on the planet has like a winery, you know, <laughs> like there's so many or like every rich person has a winery. It's like that's just such it's such a rich person thing to do. So, of course, he's going to do that. I just think it's cool that he's, you know, trying to find ways to include his community in that. Cause he's like, yo, not a lot of black people are on these uh, wineries. <laughs> um and he also talked about how he invested in Budweiser with Budweiser Zero, the non-alcoholic Budweiser. I have no idea how that's doing. I don't even know if I see it on the stores. I remember the commercials. Um, but anyways, interested in Salesforce stock. Such a massive company, um, Salesforce. And what they do, if you don't know Salesforce, they do CRM, Customer Relationship Management. I believe that's what CRM stands for. Gosh, I hope so. Because uh, that would be funny if it wasn't. What does it? I just put it in just a quick, uh, I think that's what, it, yeah, customer relationship management. Okay. But essentially what Salesforce does is they're really good at uh, getting your data and analyzing it and giving it to you so you can sell people more shit. That's what it's great at. And I got these, uh, I got a free pair of these Salesforce Crocs and I posted a picture of them on my stories and it made me further want to get Salesforce stock because so many people wrote to me being like, oh, I, I work for Salesforce or my company uses Salesforce. Like so much of that to where I was like, oh shit, maybe I should get some Salesforce stock. I was already looking at it. The only thing that makes me hesitant is companies like, like Salesforce relied so heavily on like this free for all with data. Like now we're much more aware of our privacy and our data that's worth something and like we're we're protecting it we're much more aware of that like basically cookies you know when you enable cookies on a website that's how salesforce would get so much of their data for so long but now that's not really you can't really do it anymore it's not really a free-for-all with that so they're navigating a, a different area now so i do think salesforce is a very innovative company and clearly like you know digital marketing is here to stay it's the future um there's a reason why some people use them and work for them, but I do think uh, they're going to have a lot of headwinds, at least in the in the in the short term. Just dealing with how they're going to harvest more data, and basically what their their CMO was talking about in her presentation was saying how like really the best way is to be a better business for the consumer, like make um, essentially the goal is to make the consumer give their information over willingly and not get it to it by trickery or not by trickery or just by I hate to say it, but like behind the, uh, not behind the scenes, but just by like, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like either take your data unknowingly. Yeah. Looks what they've been doing for so long. So we'll see how they navigate that. Be keeping an eye on it. Um, just like with most things and taking, seeing what, what's going to come down on the dip here. Um, as you, as I've talked about in previous episodes, kind of the beginning of the year, I talked about like narrowing your focus 
to just a handful of real winners. People always try to diversify. And and that's what I hear a lot of that talk now where it's like, oh, well, the best way to protect your portfolio during a bear market is to diversify. Bitch, there ain't shit to do to your portfolio during a bear market, but sit there and cry. That's what you do. You don't sit there and... I mean, what, realistically, what are you going to be picking? Like... I mean, you just it's just not always going to go up. I mean, it's like if you want to, the only way to make money in any market truly is to be an options trader and to get good at that and bet on calls and puts all day. But as far as long-term investing, like there's just going to be days where it's not good. And this is just one of those periods, like we're going through a bear market. It's just, that's, it is what it is. We're officially in one now. The S&P is down like 20, 22% from, uh, from the highs. That's confirmation of a bear market. We're in it now. We've been in it for a minute. We keep hearing these talks about recession. It's like recession. What are you talking about? These companies have been cut in half. Bitcoin's like 30 bucks. Credit card debt's at an all-time high. Yeah, <laughs> credit card debt in the U.S. is an all-time high at $1.1 trillion. You know, my, my, my best performing asset in 2022 is my used Camry. That's how you know things are going well. The economy, that's how you know an economy is doing well. When a normally rapidly depreciating depreciating asset is now the strongest performing asset in everyone's portfolio, the strongest asset in everyone's portfolio is in their garage slash driveway. Wherever the hell you're driving is outperforming blue chip stocks and the S and P five hundred. Um. Speaking of, Deutsche Bank maintains a buy rating on Apple. Lower their price target to 175 from 200 But hey, still, I just had that saved on my phone for some reason. So I figured I'd mention it. Um, but yeah, holy shit. Speaking of crypto. Um, I mean, just an absolute bloodbath. Let's take a look at that. I haven't talked about it much recently just because what is there to say other than Jesus? This is nuts. Let's see, my Coinbase is loading. Yeah, as of right now, Ethereum's essentially a thousand dollars, eleven hundred, and Bitcoin's at twenty-one. Which the fact that Bitcoin's at twenty-one, this is interesting. Michael Saylor, CEO of MicroStrategy, the most aggressive buyer of Bitcoin, the largest corporate holder of Bitcoin, and probably the largest holder of Bitcoin. Period. Um, MicroStrategy has, I forget how many. I think I have it. Did I have it saved on you? Yeah. Virginia-based intelligence company holds 129,218 Bitcoins. Wow. Um, but in April, MicroStrategy took out a loan, uh, a couple hundred million dollars, to buy about $200 million worth of more Bitcoin. So... They're facing a margin call because in May, MicroStrategy president uh, on a conference call said Bitcoin would need to cut in half to around 21000 before we'd have a margin call. So here we are. Bitcoin right now is at 21000 So I don't know when exactly they would get margin called if it goes sub-21, which it may have already. So even MicroStrategy might get margin called for a couple hundred million dollars uh, based on their Bitcoin bet because they took out a loan <coughs> to buy more Bitcoin in the 40s. Um, 
all my friends who are big in the crypto world are excited about buying more Bitcoin, but the rest, I haven't heard much. I mean, and these altcoins just getting destroyed. I'm glad I never went big on the altcoins. So you're welcome, everyone who listens to this show. I never pumped altcoins ever, ever, ever. So at least uh, I can at least say that the only thing I said was Bitcoin, Ethereum, which, hey, not doing great right now either. Um, I'm officially in the red on Bitcoin for the first time in two years. So that's fun. Hey, who knows? I still think Bitcoin's uh, uh, worth having some in your portfolio, but I'm not going to lie. When it gets back into the higher amounts, it does make it seem, uh, it does make me um, want to uh, maybe dip out a little bit here. <laughs> it's just funny because like it's like Bitcoin becomes, it's like I've talked about it in previous weeks, but it's like it's a hedge against like what? Like it, how is it? It's not working as a hedge against anything. You know, inflation's running out of control. And Bitcoin was supposed to work as a hedge against that. Well, Bitcoin is is crumbled, you know, cut more than in half during this time. It's moving along with the stock market. So it's not moving. It's not a hedge against that. So for that reason, that's kind of why I'm more and more just being like, I've never looked at it as a currency. I've said that many times where it's like, don't look at it as a currency. Look at it as a store of value. Well, as a store of value, it's starting to lose its luster. I'm not going to sell any of my Bitcoin because I don't sell anything when it's down. I'll wait it out, especially when I believe in the asset. But there are some of these stocks that are not coming back. Like when I go through my short-term account, there's a couple of stocks that I bought in there when I was being more aggressive. And I've been selling off some of them lately to buy more of the... I've been selling some some shittier stocks at a loss. Like I'll probably clear out my Palantir stock in my Weeble account. And again, it wasn't much. It was a, it was a, neg- it was a uh, negligible amount. Like just not even worth... Just bullshit. Just, you know... I forget how I many, maybe a few hundred dollars worth of Palantir. It's nothing crazy, but sell that so I can buy more Apple or something. Uh, I got rid of some of my Twitter shares to buy more Nvidia, shit like that, where it's like I'm just selling some stuff on the cheap because I'd rather, if I don't have enough cash to to buy some of these good tech stocks on the cheap now, I'd be like, whatever, I'll sell some of these other stocks to make a little bit of money to uh, justify it. It's worth it. I did the same thing in 2020. Well, during the COVID crash, did the exact same thing. I kind of repositioned my portfolio. I took hits on Disney, FedEx, uh, Starbucks. Um, I forget what else. Those three are, stick out in my head. Uh, kind of sold all those at losses during the COVID crash to buy the to buy the dip at the low, and then I added a, another a nice chunk of money to that as well. Um, so kind of doing the same thing now. Um. Because a lot of my, like I've talked about, my, a lot of my free cash is being used towards options trading. Um, and before I get into, I want to talk about some options stuff too, of course. I'm and I, and and uh, as I have been more and more every week, and I and, I, and I'm going to continue talking about options more and more. So if you're not into options, uh, get into it because I'm going to talk about them more. And then we're going to have more options traders listening to this this podcast, if not already. I'm definitely going to get some more options traders as guests, like some big options traders as guests coming up soon. So that'll be awesome. So, and if you are listening, if you do invest and you're into the stock market enough to listen to this podcast on the regular, you should get into stock options. It's going to take a minute to learn them all, but you should, it should, it is something you should start wrapping your head around because it will help you understand the market better too if nothing else make you a better long-term investor um 
and I almost uh, hopped on last week to record this at the end of last week's episode because this announced this news was announced literally while I was updating last week's episode or no two weeks ago when I put out the last episode. But Apple announced uh, their pay later or um, I'm not sorry, not their pay later. <coughs> but Apple announced a partnership with Square. Um, how their point of sale, like basically you can use uh, Apple Pay at their point of sale. So that's that's awesome. Again, they're probably going to incorporate a, a bunch of companies with that, I would imagine. But nice to see that Square was the first one or that the first one that Apple partnered with. It just validates Square more to me. It just sees, it just shows them, uh, like I've said more and more, it just, to me, it shows Square being a leader in, in their own little uh, industry, that being fintech. I know that they're trying to, um, you know, not be so locked to certain things in pin, fintech, but unfortunately they still are. Like a lot of their money still comes from their point of sale and from uh, their uh, cash app. And so, and that's why if you, if you haven't noticed, obviously I talk about buying Square a lot. I haven't bought any in the last week, which I should, because Square is now almost in the 50s. That is crazy to me. Square is almost in the $50 range. It's uh, it closed today at like 60. That's crazy. Um, and a lot of that too, because I know, uh, if you saw this news, Apple itself, you know, the buy now pay later stuff is a hot, hot industry. Apple is now developing their own buy now pay later system in house, which is something I thought square was going to do themselves. And I've talked about why they didn't, because I think they wanted the, the customer base that came with Afterpay. Now they paid a hefty price tag for it, $29 billion. I think they were paying more for the data than for the actual service. They're paying more for that customer base than for the actual service. Um, Cause I figured they would just develop one in house, which is what Apple is doing now. That of course is negatively affecting square stock. And, and again, I, I don't think square to me is not a one trick pony. That's why I like investing in them. They're exposed to a lot of different spaces. They are forward thinking with the crypto stuff. Yes. Crypto is taking a huge hit across the board, but I do think crypto is here to stay. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to go start investing in altcoins. No, I still like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But it's just interesting to me that crypto is taking such a hit. I joked about this when the Staples Center switched their name over to Crypto.com Arena. They paid almost a billion dollars for that. So the Crypto.com, it's going to be it's going to be called that. Crypto.com Arena for the next 20 years. 20 years. And that's just some of the money they spent. They spent more on commercials and, and uh, like they know they had a Super Bowl commercial. So to me, it's kind of one of those like, is it too big to fail? Kind of. I mean, you know, you never know. But there's so much institutional money now. It's like, I think things will be fine. But you're just seeing like a lot of assets that are exposed to crypto just getting destroyed. Like Block being one of them. Square slash Block. Um, or PayPal. Anyone related to that. Coinbase. Shoot. Coinbase is getting destroyed. I haven't seen what their stock is at. Let's see what Coinbase stock is at. Let's see. And then they announced their CEO announced. I don't know if it was today or the other or yesterday. Uh, I think it was today actually. Wait, Coinbase fifty dollars. Wait, is that for real? Holy shit! Wow, maybe maybe not a bad time to buy some Coinbase stock. Probably not though. But I've said this since the stock came out. It's why I like, and Kathy Wood keeps buying it. I don't understand like why she keeps buying this dip. Um. On Coinbase, on some companies, sure, but on Coinbase, like what? It's just crazy. Like Coinbase was like four, almost four hundred dollars a share at one point. Now it's fifty bucks. That's crazy. 
But I said out of the gate, it's like it's a race to the bottom. Coinbase just operates on fees. There's more and more companies making crypto exchanges that won't charge fees. So it just becomes a race to the bottom. What else are you offering? So, and it's still a $13 billion company, even at the current valuation. So it's like, holy shit. Um, but their CEO announced uh, that they're going to be laying off quite a few folks. Um, 1,100 employees are going to be laid off. Worried about the crypto crash, crypto winter that's approaching, if that already here. I think it's funny that Coinbase is doing... They're laying off 1,100 employees not even six months after they spent $7 million on a, on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> so it's just interesting to me. Um, anything related to crypto, people are going to be hesitant right now, myself included. Uh, I haven't been buying any Bitcoin recently, even though I should. I just don't have enough... I don't have a lot of free cash right now. I've been... Um, I've been kind of using that for options. I've been buying up a couple of things here and there when it comes to tech stocks. Like every, the last like five or six weeks, if we have a bad losing week, I've been buying up um, Apple, NVIDIA, Square around certain levels. Um, I think I talked about in this episode to start, I want to start getting some Google and Microsoft. Those are my next targets. I want some Google and some Microsoft for the long term. And outside of that, options, baby. Trading those options. Let's talk about some options a little heavier. A couple of things this week. Um, continuing to just add to my uh, my knowledge here. Thinking about options, again, never-ending learning process. I always tell folks it never stops. Like learning chess, once you learn, that's just, the, that's just the beginning of it. You learn the rules and there's infinite ways to play the game. And you'll never be as good as a robot or as good as a computer. Well, what's cool about options is anytime I get confused about something or, or I want to learn a certain subject, whether it be Fibonacci or different candlestick patterns or VWAP, I just go heavy on YouTube. Like I did that this last week. I know people talk about VWAP a lot. We talked about it on the interview episode with Keanu, which I might go back to and listen to myself actually this week. Uh, if you haven't, if you know what I'm talking about, VWAP stands for Volume Weighted Average Price. It's an indicator that's used often by options traders. It's a good indication of where the price is based on value. And, and it's a good way of tracking price and volume at the same time. And it's nice because VWAP is the same across all time frames. There's a lot of different time frames when it comes to trading options. Minute, five minute, 30 minute, daily. VWAP is going to be the same across those time frames. And so you can use it. Um, so basically what I'm saying is anytime I have a, a question, like I want to learn more about VWAP, I watch like five videos on VWAP. And you kind of take notes on each, you see which one's the best, and save a couple of them. I saved two videos on it. I mean, YouTube University, it's the best. I love it. So I went there, did some of that, essentially learned that VWAP can work as a magnet, uh, whether it can, it, can, it can draw, it can work as a magnet in both ways, um, where it attracts and repels. So it can, it can bring, as the stock is ticking closer to it, it can work as a magnet bringing... Um, you know, that stock closer to VWAP and as it breaks through it and goes above it, then you can make moves above. Same with below. As it makes moves below VWAP and then confirms below it, it can kind of like push further away from it. So it kind of works both ways. There's no hard rule, but watching that video, you kind of, you see how it can, uh, how, how stock, how price action moves around VWAP. 
And so like, oh, interesting. My and the point I bring that up is I, I you know, I, I can explain VWAP perfectly in any in, in any um, stretch of time here on this podcast. It's hard to do without a visual element. So I'm not trying to to explain. My my point is simply that when you have questions about anything with options or honestly anything in general, just go on YouTube and, and just type it in and you'll probably get an answer. And so I do that more and more now with with uh, with options. It's more just like taking the initiative to learn something and find it out on your own because there's a lot of that in the options world. Um, and then I've started to make a, like a playlist, like almost like a, like a playbook, almost like a football coach where it's like, okay, there's a million ways to play the game. There's so many different plays you can choose. Which one are you going to choose today? So I literally have a playlist, like a, a list of like plays I like to use where it's like, okay, uh, there's this kind of trade, this, 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 I have like four or five of them that I've, that I, that I have identified and that I've learned well. So I'll go through those. I have a pre-morning and an, I have an evening and a morning checklist. So every evening I'm like, okay, check these levels, mark these, mark these highs, mark these lows, mark areas of interest for the next day. And then in the morning I mark pre-market high, pre-market low, overnight high, overnight, high, overnight low, those kind of things to see different breakout levels. Another good trick too, if you're starting out on the options is to make a list of tickers that are good for starting out for options traders um, because of two things. One, based on their volume, you got to make sure you're trading stocks that move a lot, that have a lot of buyers and sellers because you want to be able to sell your option. Uh, so make sure that uh, pick tickers that have a lot of volume and have decent contract prices, relatively cheaper contract prices. Like I've talked, we talk about Tesla a lot. Tesla can be tough to trade on options because the contracts can be pretty expensive. So sometimes you don't want to, as you, as a more novice options trader, it might be something to stay away from out of the gate, especially near earnings because those contracts get really expensive. Outside of earnings, can be a little more affordable, like sub a thousand, which is nice. Um, so if that if you're getting like a five hundred or six hundred seven hundred dollar contract, that's a little that's a little more fair. But even then, that could be a little too rich for some folks. I know a lot of people trade SPY. I've talked about in recent weeks how I don't like trading SPY. It just doesn't, it doesn't move enough for me. It's not exciting enough. Doesn't move enough. I know the contracts are cheap. Um, to me, there's just too many people playing it, and it's uh, it doesn't it's not exciting enough. It doesn't move enough. I don't know it enough. I'd rather trade Square or AMD or something. So. And just for the quick list of what I look at every day, the most the stocks I look at most for for uh, for day trading would be Square, Nvidia, Microsoft, AMD. Yes, I look at Spy, um, and then Tesla when it's relatively affordable. But things like Amazon, I can't really swing. I know the Palo Alto Networks one. I don't day trade Palo Alto Networks, but on an earnings swing like we did on paper a couple of weeks ago, that wasn't a terrible um, risk. That was not bad. So. If you're if you're learning options or new to them or starting out, make a list of like go through and see which what are stocks that you follow and then do those contract prices match up with your budget. So look at stocks you follow and know. And if those contracts are too expensive, like if it's an Amazon, the Amazon contracts are quite expensive. So maybe maybe not that, but look at other contracts that work. So for me, it's those those are the ones that I follow a lot because two reasons. One, I know those stocks very well. And uh, the contract prices are relatively cheap. And then again, volume. These stocks move a lot. So, and again, like SPY, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't move enough. Like, yes, it, it moves, but not like Square, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Tesla, AMD, all those people. So it's like all those stocks. So that, to me, that's why I'd rather focus on that. Again, just for me. Um, I also joined another Discord. I joined a, another um, 
premium discord this last week. I, I won't say which one just because I feel like there's a discord for everyone out there. We talk about the Keanu trades one often. That's the one I'm in the most. I'm there at most mornings on the morning voice. But I added another one this last week just because um, and this one's more expensive than the Keanu trade one. Uh, and I joined it because I feel like a couple of reasons. One, um, I feel like I'm a little more, I'm ready to, to learn more, to, to absorb that information, to make that information useful for me. I've said over previous episodes, if you're studying options, it is worth your time to join a premium discord. I highly recommend it. There's a ton of them out there. Pick which one works for you. Of course, I talk about the Keanu Trades one often. I do think that's a great one. And that's an affordable one. The Keanu Trades Discord is like 50 bucks a month. Most of these discords are well over 100. And ours is pretty damn good for like for that price. It's actually really good looking at it now. I've seen some of these other premium ones that are a bit more expensive. And they do offer more. That's another reason why I wanted to check out these uh, a little more expensive discords is I want to see what they offer that we don't. Like, what are they offering that the counter trades one? Like, what are something, some of the things that we could add to the counter trades one? So I think of like, I just see like, that's kind of why I did it. And also, like I said, I'm at a point now where I'm actually able to absorb the information. I want more perspectives. I want another, another group's perspective. Um, and this discord just seemed to line up. The guy that runs it uh, seems very uh, similar to me as far as trading and lifestyle. He's a, a stoner that's a really good options trader. He loves basketball and compares trading a lot to sports. So I understand that. I can relate to it. He also preaches a lot of really good principles um, when it comes to like your mentality with trading and like certain things like like how F FMOC is this week, like the Fed meeting this week where it's like, hey, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe just sit on the sidelines, just watch stuff and don't go crazy. I know people have already kind of blew their load for the week on their on their accounts and it's, it's only not even midweek. You know, I'm recording this on uh, Tuesday night. This will come out late Tuesday night, be ready for Wednesday. Um, but there's people this week who've already blown their accounts for this week because they were trading during all this chop. I mean, sometimes like on those days where there's not clean price action, where things aren't moving in a clear direction, they're just all over the place, just walk away. It's too hard to sit there and just beat your head against the wall. And so I really appreciate that approach. Um, but again, uh, I feel like once you get to a point where you can take advantage of the information and again, I compare options to like fitness a lot, sports, comedy, a lot of life parallels. But I wanted to join this discord too, because anytime you pay for something, you're more willing to put in the work. So sometimes I do it on purpose to like not to trick myself, but to, to, motivate myself where it's like I add another I got another gym membership last month because I'm going to be in town I'm going to be in Michigan a little bit um a little bit more consistently for the next like month or two so I'm like oh instead of driving further away to like I'll just buy another gym membership it's cheaper and yeah it's a few it's a little more it's a few more bucks um you know out of my pocket for a gym but it's worth the investment and then to me I, I have gym memberships and I buy nice gym clothes to motivate myself. But at the same time, it's like, but if I don't go, then it's a waste of money. And to me, yeah, there's some days I don't want to go to the gym. But what I hate more than going to the gym on days I don't want to is wasting money. I hate wasting money more than almost anything. More than on the days where I don't want to go to the gym. I like working out, but let's be honest. There's most days you don't want to go do it. And so I hate, I, so there's days where I hate working out, but I, I will always hate wasting money more. And so that trumps it. 
And so joining that Discord, joining another Discord, or, and, and even like I, like I said, I, uh, I bought TradingView. TradingView is like 200 and some dollars for the year, charting software. But hey, you got to level up, you know? You're not going to get to the same, you're not going to get to the new, uh, to places you haven't been by doing the same shit, right? You know, I think I've never been investing in myself harder, to be honest, financially and physically at this point. Shit. But by doing that, by paying a monthly or like even like therapy, by doing that kind of stuff, you put more value on it because you're putting your dollar there, you know? If the gym was free, there might be days where I don't go because I'm like, ah, whatever. But if I'm paying for it, I'm like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to get my money's worth. You know, if you pay 50 bucks for a gym, let's make it easy math. Let's say you pay 30 bucks for a gym every month and you go every day. It's a dollar a day versus if you went twice, now it costs you 15 bucks a day to go to the gym. I mean, that's easy, right? That's an easy, uh, easy calculation, easy, uh, easy decision, right? easy decision to go to go work out um so make that same decision for yourself when it comes to uh joining a premium discord i do think the counter trades one's a really good one to start with too just because uh we're nice <laughs> and it's and it's a good like it's not overwhelming there's not too much stuff there like some of these other discords that are 100 150 200 a month there might be too much information that's in there like and if you don't know everything if you don't know like the lang- the lingo and know what you're looking for I mean, you spent all that money to to basically have someone talk to you in Japanese. <coughs> so it's not worth it. But once it does, absolutely, it's something you should do. Um, join a Discord, whether it be Counter Trades or another one. There's a ton of them out there. I mean, there's so many. And by the time uh, this episode comes out, there'll be more. And it's the never-ending supply of Discords. And I, I'll say on the record now, I will not make one for myself. I will... I will be a part of other discords, but I, I don't envision myself making one. I say that now, but who knows? No, I say that because like there are some times where like I feel like myself and I, I, I don't know if you're this personality too, but sometimes I get into something and I'm like, oh, I can I can make one myself. Like that's one thing. Like I love comic books, but I've vowed to be like, I'm never going to like make that hobby about anything other than just enjoying it. Like I'm not going to try to be a comic book creator. I'm not going to try to get in that industry. Um, cause some of the other things I've done that with where it's like, I got into music. I was like, oh, I want to get into the music industry and I'm like, all right, comedy, into comedy industry. Or it's like, anytime I feel like I, I get into something, I want to be a part of it to that, to that level. And it's like, no, I'm just going to let comic books be comic books. I'm not going to try to pursue it to that level or like even like options trading. It's like, yeah, I, I like to do uh day trade and all that stuff, but I'll just keep it to the podcast and cash pineapples. I don't need to go make in a whole discord and have create my own team and all that. It's it's great. I see these people doing it. It's a lot. It's it's uh, it seems like a ton of work, but I mean, they're it seems well worth it. They're making big money in these discords, but um, for me, I'd I'd rather just be a participant and making money on my own. So that's that's the goal. And uh, all these people have big discords. I'll bring them on as guests for cash pineapples. So I'm saying it on here now just to hold myself to it that I don't go make a discord. And to be honest, I just don't understand discord enough. I don't understand. I'm getting it better. I'm understanding it more and more. It's starting to be one of my more used social media apps. And um, I do like it, though. It's a good distraction. Like I see with with, with options and, and uh, with day trading in general, it's a good distraction. I'd rather check Discord and be with my Discord community than on Instagram 24-7. So if nothing else, the community is great. And so I think that's very important when it comes to options. I've talked about that over the weeks where it's like 
you know, when you're in it with other people, it just helps, it helps you learn, um, gives perspective. So there's always something you can learn from people. So I picked that group for that reason. Um, and I think that's about all I got for this week. I don't want to ramble, uh, into some stuff for no reason. Let me just double check my phone and make sure that there's not anything important that I wanted to talk about. Oh, uh, Kathy Wood's having a rough year. Ark Invest. CEO Kathy Wood's net worth has been slashed by 65%. <laughs> she went from $400 million net worth to 140 this year. Poor Kathy. She's down to her last $140 million. She better spend it right. Um, I will say, like, I, I don't understand why she kept buying the Coinbase dip. Like, it's shit like that where I'm like, I, I, I appreciate what she does. But at the same time, there's stuff where I'm like, Kathy, what's going on, girl? <coughs> um... All right. Poor Kathy. We'll check in with her later. All right. I think that's all I got. I got nothing else saved in here. Taco Bell's out of Mexican pizza. That's bullshit. I just saw a thing on my phone. But I took a picture of the sign where it said they were out of Mexican pizza. All right. Now now we're officially rambling, talking about a Mexican pizza being out of sale. Go get a Mexican pizza if you can. Oh, wait. You can't. It's bullshit. They'll be back soon, though, I guess. All right. I got to get out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, be careful trading on tomorrow because it's Fed meeting day. So maybe just wait out till Thursday, Friday. Hey, who knows? If not, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. <laughs>